to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. But many times what happens, you know, it's like something happens, it's like someone cuts you off and you're like, what did you do that for? You know, it's like, <laughs> there's the joy, it's gone, right? And it disappears, it dissipates. Because joy comes from Jesus. When we're connected to, to Jesus, we have fellowship with Jesus. That's why we're in church many times. We're just smiling. We're just worshiping the Lord. We're just filled with joy. And it's almost like, okay, Lord, we're going outside these doors. Lord, bring that joy with me, please. May that joy, the Lord, continue to be my strength. But if we compromise, the joy goes away. It's, all, it's like an indicator. I have indicators on my car. When I'm driving back and beep, 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 it gets louder and louder and louder. It means I'm going to run into something. And those are great sensors. I love it. I, someone, I have a little, a little camera thing you can see behind me and stuff like that. Someone drove with me once, and then after they told me, they said, you don't even look behind you. I said, I know I got the camera thing going. <laughs> That's dangerous. Now I look behind me because it, you know, there could be other spots the camera's not picking up. But the sensor is such a wonderful thing. Beep, 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 beep. And it gets louder and louder and louder. And I believe that happens with us when we, it's like the Holy Spirit prompts us, don't go in the flesh. And you get the prompting right away, right? And you're like, don't go in the flesh. Then you're like, oh, and then don't go in the flesh, don't go in the flesh. <laughs> don't go in the flesh. And we should try to stay so in tune with our Lord and Savior Jesus and the leading of his spirit. When the prompting comes, it's like, don't go in the flesh. You're like, oh, no, I've done that before. It's dangerous. That's how we should be. It's like you're, you're getting close to that, and you're like, no, I know. And you just, the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, don't go there. Stay close with Jesus. Because it can steal, it can rob us of our wonderful joy that we have. I was visiting a friend of ours. Actually, my wife and I, we visited a friend, an elderly gentleman in the hospital. And he's a big Trump supporter. He's, uh, you know, staunch Republican and all. And he's very outspoken. He just, you know, he's... And he just, you know, he campaigns for, for Trump and everything. So we visited him. We're there. And so he's asking me questions. We're talking about different things in politics. And, and then he, he said, you know, what do you think, you know, you, uh, about Trump? He says, he says, you know, how, against all odds, he got in there. And I says, well, I think God did it. You know, God put him in office. You know, people didn't, you know, realize the God factor, right? Well, next to us, there's a bed next to us, and the curtain was closed and all. Uh, a gentleman was visiting his father. And he goes, you can't say that. And I was like, shh. <laughs> they go, what? He goes, I'm a Christian. He goes, you can't say Trump put him in office. I says, I can say that. He goes, you can't say. He goes, what do you mean you can say that? He's getting, I mean, angry with me. He's like, I was like, well, I can say that because Romans chapter 13 says that God appoints people in office. He goes, he doesn't say that. I says, yeah, look at Romans chapter 13. It's God who puts places people in office. If we like it or don't like it. I says, God puts us, these people in office. I said, so yeah, I can say that. I said, based on the authority of the word of God, you say you're a Christian. But I'll tell you what, during that conversation, there was something in me. I had the beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was loud. It was like beep, 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 beep. And basically, the beep beep was saying, step back, and I want you to love this man. 
And I was like, okay. And I was like, and I says, well, let, let me tell you. I says, the, my decision, I just want to tell you personally, my decision was the biggest thing that, that swayed me is that, you know, Trump was, he, he's a pro-life I says, and the other one was pro-abortion. I said, I cannot, out of a good conscience, vote for somebody that believes in abortions because that's killing babies. I said, with ultrasounds that we have today, we see that these are babies that are being killed. 57 million babies have been killed since the Supreme Court ruling. I said, I can't do that. And he says, well, then he starts arguing about babies. And he says, well, you know, what if it's deformed? And what if this and that? I says, well, I personally know two people that the doctors told them to abort the baby, and they came out perfectly healthy. And these, these babies have grown to be adults now, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. So who plays God, the doctor or God? And it was so funny because my wife is there and she's watching our elderly friend and she's worried that he's going to get upset. So she goes, she's trying to distract him. He goes, no way. He goes, I love this. <laughs> And he was on the end of his bed, our friend, and he was just like, he was like a little, he, we could have gotten him popcorn. He was like, this is good. <laughs> and she goes, you sure you're right? He goes, no, please get out of my way. I want to listen to this. <laughs> and it was a beautiful thing because I believe, as, as, I, as I'm standing here before the Lord, the Lord just kept me in the spirit. I just stayed in the spirit. I'm like loving this man. And then other things were brought up, and I just used truth and just in love. It says, well, you know, consider this and consider that. And he's like, I never heard that before. I never heard this before. And it says, well, it's true. So we visited our friend some more, and he comes in back, and he looks in the curtain. He says, pastor, because he, then he found out I was a pastor. He goes, can I talk, can I talk to you again? And I said, yeah. He says, well, when I was a young man, I was going out with this girl, and we had an abortion. He said, does God forgive that? And I said, of course God forgives that. I said, you said you were a Christian. I said, have you received Christ into your life? He says, yeah. And he told me, told me when he received Christ. He says, I'm a born-again Christian. I've given my life to Christ, and I've repented of my sin. And I, I, you know, so he's, I says, well, great. And he says, well, what can I do to atone for <laughs> what I did? I said, only Jesus, he atoned for your sin. His blood was shed to take away your sin. And then it turned into ministry, and I was counseling and ministering with him. And then I asked him, does your dad know the Lord? And he says, well, I'm not sure. And I said, would you mind if I pray with your dad? He goes, I'd love you to pray with my dad. So I had an opportunity to pray with his dad to receive Christ. By the way, this is not a political thing. (laughs) I'm just talking about the joy of the Lord. The enemy wants to rob joy from us. I just have one to say, too, when it comes to the political arena, uh, that's an easy way to get into the flesh. It really is. It was a struggle. It was a battle. I was looking at my wife, and I'm like, honey, you better not talk right now, because she was just like, (laughs) I was like, because she was like, I says, no, relax. And she was calmed down. I says, no, it's not. But it's that simple. We can instantly just get into the flesh over political things when we need to love and, and stay stuck, stick to the Bible. Not our opinion, not what we think. What does the word of God say to us? What does God's word say regarding the issues of life? And it doesn't mean we're going to be popular. That, that very thing, using the scriptures, it might get someone even more upset than they were at the beginning when they were talking with you. But don't allow it to steal you of your joy. Because joy comes from, can we say it? It comes from Jesus. 
the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1, he tells us that we have a living hope and that we're kept by the power of God. And then he goes on to say, in this we greatly rejoice. We, we rejoice that we have a living hope. We have hope beyond the grave and we have, we're kept by the power of God. So what does he say? In this you greatly rejoice. Are you rejoicing in the fact that you're kept by the power of God and that you have hope beyond the grave? I am. But listen to this. Then he goes on to say, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. I don't know about you, but I've been grieved by various trials. But check it out. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you have this precious faith, this belief in Jesus Christ, and it's precious. It's more precious than, than gold. But there's going to be testing. There's going to be uh, trials that are going to come our way. But it says that we should continue just to praise him and give him glory. And then when he comes, we should be in that place of just, and when he comes to take us, we're just in that place of, of just joy. Right? But look at this next verse. So 1 Peter 1 Eight, and it's up on the board. Whom, having not seen, you love. Right? We just talked about that. Paul, or John says, I've seen him. I've, I've, I've held him. But we, we don't see him right now. So he's saying, uh, whom, having not seen, you love. Peter's seen him. Peter, uh, the apostle that wrote this, he did. But he's talking to us. He said, you have not seen him, but you love him, right? Do I get a yes for that or no? Okay. <laughs> Who've, you've not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, right? We don't see him yet. Yet believing, check this out, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Though we don't see him, we believe. And when we just keep believing and have that relationship with him, it brings rejoicing. But this word inexpressible, th this word means that, that it's the joy you have is so good, you can't even put it into words how good it is. It's like when you're just like, if you ever get to that place, you just spend time with the Lord, you're just so filled with joy and so filled with love and peace. And everything. somebody, you know, asks you, well, what's going on? Why are you so joyful? So I'm just spending time. And you just try to articulate what's going on. You're like, I don't know. I just love Jesus. I can't even, I can't even put it to words. And I hope we've all had that experience. It's, it's indescribable. You can't even describe the joy that you can have by having faith in Jesus Christ. Words can't even, they don't even do it justice. So let's look back in our text, verse 3. Joy from Jesus, and then and he goes on to say, verse 3, back in our text, First John. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. John's saying, I've seen him and I've heard him, and I want to declare to you these things, that you may have fellowship. In other words, I want to tell you about my Jesus so you can have fellowship with him. And our fellowship is in the Father and the Son. It, he's saying we're, we just don't have a bunch of people getting together uh, for any other reason but because we love God and we love his son Jesus. This isn't a social gathering. I hope you understand that. We don't go to church so we, we can, you know, just have a nice little social gathering. No, it's all about Jesus. And something happened to me when I got saved. Fellowship meant a lot to me at that point. And fellowship, the, the word uh, fellowship in the Greek is koinonia, 
Most of you know this. It's koinonia. Koinonia speaks of a oneness. It speaks of a common bond that we have. It speaks of having a close relationship with one another, a loving relationship. It speaks of coming to church, going to Bible studies, being in prayer meetings. It's, it's a oneness that we have, and it's all because of Jesus. I know there's somebody here that he shared his testimony once, Ray, actually. And he says, fellowship, he used to hate that word. People would say, you know, you need fellowship. And he'd go, fellowship. <laughs> and he said he hated the word. That's because he really didn't like fellowship. He didn't, he didn't like hanging out with the body of Christ. Why? Because his words, he, he didn't put Jesus first. But now that he's putting Jesus first, now he loves the word fellowship. And he hangs out. Not, not only that, you know, Pat and Ray, they go to both services. My wife has to go to both services. They want to come to both services. <laughs> because why? He loves fellowship. Fellowship in the word. Fellowship, you know, in prayer. We have fellowship. Do you know the joy of fellowship? I can honestly say the people that are in the church, in the body of Christ, I'm closer with than my own family members. Why? Because I share the things in common with them that I don't share in common with my own family. The people I hang out with love Jesus. They love singing praises to God. The people I hang out with love the word of God. They love to pray. The people I hang out with, they, they love you know, that fellowship. And sad to say, much of my family, they, they don't want that. They don't desire that. So I have new brothers and sisters. I have new fathers and mothers. I have new aunts and uncles. And that's what fellowship is all about. If you're blessed enough, you have close relatives that know the Lord, you've got a double blessing because you can fellowship with the, the ones that God put in your family. But the ones that God put in your family, if they're not believers, we're called to share with them. When I was in corporate America, I used to travel a lot. I used to work a lot of hours. But guess what? The very first thing, even before I would go to the different states I was going to, I would, you know, call up and find out where's the closest Calvary Chapel. Every state I went to, that's the first thing, first on my list, first thing. And I know people that travel, they think, well, I'm traveling, I'm working a lot, so I can't go to church. Baloney, I did it. Excuse my French if baloney is a bad word, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, I mean, I worked, I don't even know, 60, 90 hours a week sometimes. But what I did not miss, fellowship. I was like, where's the Calvary? And instantly I'd walk into a church, a Bible-believing church, and I had brothers and sisters in Christ, and we would say the same thing. It's like, I've known you guys forever. And it was because we're brothers and sisters. We have things in common. We love Jesus. There's great joy in fellowship. There's a cute little saying to live above with saints we love, oh, that will be great glory. But to live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. <laughs> and that's how people see it sometimes. It shouldn't be that way. So joy of fellowship. The famous evangelist, Billy Sunday, he quoted. I want to um, read his quote. And by the way, he, he lived from 1862 to 1935. But it says, if you have no joy in your religion... There's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. If you have no joy in your religion, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere, and it just might be fellowship. Maybe you don't have that great fellowship that God wants you to have. But look back with me in verse 3 again, please. It says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. John is going to communicate and talk about the one that he handled, the one that he saw, the one that he heard. And he's declaring it to them that they might have fellowship, that they might become believers. As we talk about joy, 
There's a joy in sharing our faith, isn't there? I think, I believe, and statistically it shows that the church fails quite often in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a statistic, I don't know if you've seen it, just came out, I've just, 95% of all Christians have never led a person to Jesus Christ. 95. I was going to do a show of hands, but I didn't want to put anyone on the spot, but I was just curious if that's the same in our fellowship. 95% of Christians have never led a person to Jesus Christ. And I believe they're missing out on the joy that comes with declaring Jesus to other people. There's probably not, there's nothing that fires me up more spiritually than sharing my faith in the public with one-on-one with people that I come across with. Something radical happens. I can't even explain it. I mean, even more so than sharing here and sharing to a congregation. Something special happens, uh, you know, as you operate in the gifting of the Holy Spirit, pastor, teacher, something awesome happens. But something even more awesome, I believe, happens when you share in that capacity of evangelist. And you don't want to say, well, oh, everybody, or excuse me, that, you know, there's only some that have the gift of evangelism. But that might be true. Some have giftings of evangelism. But guess what? We are all called, it's a command to share your faith. It's not a suggestion, it's a commission, it's a commandment that we're to go and share our faith. But let me tell you, when I don't, they they say if you don't evangelize, you're going to fossilize. And I find that in my own walk. If I'm not evangelizing, I'm like, fossilize. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm I'm not just, I'm not connecting right. I just feel stiff spiritually. But when I'm sharing my faith and telling other people about Jesus, something radical happens. I can't even explain it. I'm just like, it's almost like time disappears. My wife's like, honey, we got to, you know, she does too. She shares with, and we, we do that together. There's times where she'll walk in and I'm sharing with somebody and it's like two hours later. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like, I don't even realize time. It's just, it's gone. I was at, uh, just the other day, went to Macy's at a mall to pick up. We were looking for a gift for a friend of ours. And um, there's a pastor, Pastor Dave from Orange, Calvary Chapel Orange. He works there part-time, you know. And so I'm like, Pastor Dave, how's it going? You know, I'm talking with him. And, and so he starts sharing with me how, you know, there's Muslim, you know, many Muslims that they come in. He's able to share with them. And then his coworkers are Muslims. And he, he told me that he was on break one day. And he was sitting there, you know, doing his studies, you know, for his, you know, for church and all. And his, his Muslim friend, she was next to him. And someone that he knew from church walked up and started sharing with this, this Muslim and, you know, talking to her about, you know, Jesus and all that. And she's like, you know what, well, she's listening. And then he says, well, I want to give you this. It's a gospel of John, you know, living water, gospel of John. She gave it to her, right? And so this guy's telling me the story. Well, she went home and she was like, told her son that was in school. She says, hey, look, someone gave me a gospel of John. He goes, no way. He goes, look, I got the same one. And they were like, oh, God's doing something here. So he's telling me this story, right? So while I'm at the counter, he's telling me this story. Well, a Muslim lady comes up and she's, you know, purchasing something there while we're talking. And she looks at me and she goes, are you Persian? And I go, no, I get that a lot though. I got dark hair. I said, no, I'm not Persian. Italian and Polish. And she goes, oh, you really look Persian. I said, I know I get that all the time. You know, it's like Greek, Italian, Persian, all different. And then and then I said, we were just talking about Muslims and coming to faith and Jesus, we're Christians. And, and then she just started listening. She goes, oh, really? And, you know, she's talking to me about it. And, and I'm talking about Jesus. And she's, you know, we're going back and forth. I'm like, wow, what a divine appointment, right? So then she says, well, I've got friends that, you know, because me with time, right? I'm not even paying attention. She goes, I got friends. I told them I'd meet them. She goes, you can follow me there if you want. I said, yeah, let's go. You know, so we're like, <laughs> 
So I'm walking into her friends. I'm sharing. And she goes, well, what about the Africans, you know, that never heard, you know? And how can you say a God of love? And, you know, that, you know, how can they know? And I says, well, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament show his handiwork day on the day. You know, they utter speech. And what I'm trying to tell you, and I'm just all fired up, you know, that, that even creation itself screams out to us, there is a God. And I wish I could say she just fell on her knees, says, Jesus, forgive me. No, but I planted all those seeds. There's joy in sharing Jesus. And I hope the 95% doesn't reflect this congregation here. Because when you share Jesus and you see a life change before your eyes, it's a marvelous thing. And I'll tell you, I think one of the biggest attacks are on evangelism. I mean, I'll tell you personally, sometimes I get petrified when the Lord's like, I'll meet someone and it's like, hi, how you know, I'm talking. And the Lord's prompting me, tell them about me and just share. And I'm like, sometimes it's like, it gets scary sometimes. I have to admit, it's just, it's just that breaking the ice. But then once you, you know, you just break the ice and you start sharing Jesus, it's almost to me, this is how it seems to me. As I'm sharing with someone, it's almost like, shoo, just God just shows up. He says, because he wants the word to get out. So the joy of sharing our faith. You know, a great verse. I never saw this before. Proverbs 15, 23. Proverbs 15, 23. It says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and in a word spoken in due season, how good it is. And I look at that verse and I, I look at it in a way that when we open our mouth and God fills us with his words, we have joy by the answer of our mouth because we know it's God speaking to that person supernaturally and there's nothing like it. We all know this verse, Luke 15, 7. It's awesome, though. Jesus says, I say to you, likewise, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just, just persons who need no repentance. When someone prays to receive the Lord, there's a party going on in heaven. And I get pictures of this. When you pray with someone, I just get, I, get, I see like, you know, when we get to heaven, you'll see this is true. But uh, I see that like, there's high fives, like, the angels are like, yeah, check that out. Another one for the kingdom. And they're just, it says there's more joy in heaven. So there's like a party going on. The day you received Jesus, there's a party. There was a party going on. But guess what? Heaven wants more parties. And God has commissioned us. I heard Pastor Chuck say this once before, and, I, and I'll never forget. He says, he says, if I was God, I would just open up the heavens and the skies and say, I'm God, you're not follow me or die or something like that. I don't know, but just like, and you'd think that would be easy. Like, wow, that's God. Yeah, what do you want? But God didn't choose that way. He chose us to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus. Let's close with this last verse. It says, in these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Again, just repeating myself, the words we read were written for one reason, that our joy would be full. This letter one of the reasons why this letter was written, that we would have fullness of joy. My prayer is as we go through this letter, we have great joy. I pray that we go to another level. I believe, I totally, according to the word of God, when we went through the book of Revelation, I personally, and I've mentioned this before, and I just want to say it again, I personally have realized and noticed a blessing on our church, a blessing on my marriage, a blessing on the ministry, because God says he'll bless those that read it, those that hear it, and those that apply it. And I've experienced that. And I pray that you've experienced it. If you've listened, as you've heard, as you've read, and as you've applied the book of Revelation in your life, 
But now, in this book, I pray that we have full joy as we listen to this letter and as we apply this letter in our lives. The word full means complete, to make full. God doesn't want us just to have a little joy here and there. He wants our joy to be full. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, sign me up. I want more joy. I want fullness of joy. And I want all of us to realize the joy of Jesus, the joy of fellowship, and the joy of sharing our faith. Amen. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.